Welcome to the Rise Priestess podcast, a place for women just like you who are in the process of claiming their callings, rising into priestesshood, and building a legacy. This is where values-driven women come to learn how to unleash their gifts and share them unapologetically with the world to unlock deep contribution and potent prosperity. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Coxon. I'm an author, yoga teacher, activist, and business mentor. I bridge together feminine-inspired leadership and divine masculine action that quantum leaps you into an expansive experience of life and business. I believe that business is a vehicle for not only living a more purposeful and free life, but for also contributing to social and ecological healing. I live in a coastal town in Portugal and have been channeling my inner priestesshood into various heart-centered businesses since 2016. Back then, I left my life as an archaeologist to play my part in the reawakening of the feminine. Although I now run a successful mission-driven business, it's been quite the journey. I've had to move past imposter syndrome, own my gifts, make friends with money, step into feminine leadership, dismantle toxic conditioning, and learn ethical marketing practices. I'm here to help you on your journey to living life and doing business on your terms. From guest interviews to solo heart riffs to laser coaching sessions, this podcast is here to inspire you to reclaim the feminine, live your dharma, and get paid for being you. So sit back, take a deep breath, sister, and let's dive into today's episode. Hello, priestesses. Welcome back. It's so good to welcome you into this space, this episode is really, really juicy. I am sharing with you an illuminating conversation with holistic sex coach Elizabeth Hunter. I love these types of conversations because we talk all things taboo and we cover women's pleasure, orgasms, and how women can enhance their experience of sex by giving themselves permission to receive. This is so juicy and I just, I know you're going to love Elizabeth and I can't wait to hear all your comments. But before we jump in, there is a sponsor for this episode. What's your prosperous priestess personality? This is my free acclaimed 17 page guide to help you discover how to effortlessly call in cash and clients by tapping into your unique priestess magic. And boy, do you have it. It's very, very epic. It's very insightful. I've loved reading your comments about the insights that you've had. And yeah, I know, I know you're going to love it. So if you want to download it, make sure that you head over to bit.ly forward slash prosperous priestess, or you can click the show notes link to make sure that you download it now. Hello, priestesses. Welcome back. I'm so excited to introduce you to Elizabeth Hunter. We're going to be talking all things sexuality. It's going to be amazing. So Elizabeth is a sex and pleasure coach, and she is here to help us find our voice and reclaim our pleasure mm, in and outside of the bedroom. So Elizabeth, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for that lovely introduction. <laughs> I am so excited to have this conversation. So I guess just 
let's just go straight in. So (laughs) tell us more about you. What's your story? Why did you become a sex and pleasure coach? You know, what inspired you to start your business? Let's just, Mm. let's go there. Such a big question. Where do I start? Uh, <laughs> um, so as you mentioned, I'm Elizabeth. I'm uh, a sexuality and pleasure coach. And um, I first made the official move in this direction uh, a little less than a year ago, last summer. Um, and at the time, even now, still, when I tell people um, of this choice, they're a bit surprised, like, oh, wow, how did you end up there? But for me now, looking back, it makes total sense this has been in the making basically uh, since I left high school Um, I studied psychology for a bit first and um, I once had a a sexology class and I loved it so much I just immediately knew this is this is something I need to do something with but I ended up not finishing psychology and switched to communications Uh, got my degree in that and then like I, I enjoyed my new my new vocation, but uh, always kind of in the back of my head had that, oh, but I want to I want to help people. I want to work with people and not necessarily be on the corporate side of things. Um, and then at some point I just realized, oh, wait, no, I can bring those two together. I can start my own business. I can help people and do the communication side of things myself. And um, yeah, it feels super aligned. Um I, I feel every day that this is I'm exactly where I need to be and I'm applying the talents I've always had. And one of them is uh, talking very easily to people about sex and making them feel very comfortable to discuss those things. Um, so, yeah, in a nutshell, that is how I ended up where I am now. Um, yeah, <laughs> I love that. And it's I mean, talk about living your priestesshood. It's that kind of thing that's already inside you. It's already what you're doing. And you're like, oh, yeah like maybe I could turn this into a business and the answer to that is always yes um so tell us more about your approach when it comes to sexuality pleasure like why do you believe that really giving space to honoring our sexuality sometimes healing parts of it and then also bringing in more pleasure into our lives why is it so important Mm, I love that question um Oh, there's multiple angles that I go can go on here. One of them is I think um, our sexuality and working on our sexuality offers a mirror to all of our deeper issues. You cannot work on your sexuality just superficially. It's actually a, a, a bit more than the magazines would have you believe. It's more than just, oh, try these five new positions and turn your sex life around. Um in order to truly be present in the moment sexually, you need to be able to surrender. You need to be able to feel safe in your own body. Um, and that just brings up so many deeper issues. Um, and I, I personally have seen in my journey, I, I've been depressed. I was uh, I fell into a depression when I was 19. I, I dealt with that for about three years. And um, I was in therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy. And um, oh, I've had lots of conversations about this type of therapy recently with people. Um, one thing me and a lot of my friends also see is that it helps you get to a, a point where you can function again. You know, uh, what are the basic things that a human needs to be able to do to get through the day? And I got back to that. And then I was cured. 
in parentheses. Um, but it wasn't until I um, became a bit more spiritual and also really started working on my sexuality that I really got to a point that's beyond surviving, beyond coping, beyond doing the bareness necessary and really getting into thriving. It's all these deeper layers that I have uncovered through some of my sexual healing work. Um, and that, that, yeah, that is uh, something that I hope more people will experience. And uh, yeah, why I think sexuality is such an important part of our totally human uh, well-being. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And I, I totally agree with you with some of these therapies. They just get you just past survival. But yeah. we're living in a, a shift that's happening in paradigm where we don't want to survive anymore. We don't want to just survive. We want to thrive. And really, I believe and, and in my own experience as well, that we primarily that happens through healing a lot of our traumas that are stuck in our body but also really giving space for our senses and to to deeply deeply feel in a way that um yeah so many of us feel cut off and I'm wondering if you can speak a little bit more about what most of your clients and women that you speak to uh what kind of I don't know if to call them like sexual blocks or what kind of issues do they have around their sexual, that sexuality that, um, that like that you see a lot of. Mm, that's a great question as well. Um, I think a, a, a common theme that a lot of women experience is, is the idea that I am broken. Um, Cause we are bombarded mm. with, with, with messages all day there's messages from the media there's messages from your religion there's messages from your parents from your school and they all give this idea of what you should be like and they're pretty contradictory messages too on the one hand you're told you have to be this porn star uh, amazing uh, like most flexible ever ever up for anything girl in the bedroom but at the same time, like, please just don't be a slut. Like, oh, no, like behave and keep your knees closed. And, and how, how do you make those two messages um, work together? You can't. And um, through that lens um, and also um, there is a pretty common problem in uh, in the messaging about sexuality. We have this idea that women's sexuality, that female sexuality is basically men's sexuality, but the light version um and it actually isn't it, it it works in a different way it moves in a different way women don't necessarily have like like men do like if they get turned on there's a very clear indicator of that <laughs> usually <laughs> uh, and they don't um uh, they struggle less often with reaching orgasm and for women, it's different. A lot of women actually need a lot more time to warm up. Uh, a lot of women don't have um, a form of spontaneous arousal. They actually have more reactive arousal. They need a context that is really um, uh, that really suits their 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 desire to really get get them going. And it, it just takes longer to get to the point where you can go for full on penetration. Um, but if you don't realize that, if all you know is the message that I need to be this, I need to be that, I need to be ready to go at all times, I need to have seven orgasms in one session, of course you're going to feel like you're broken. 
Um, mm. I think that's the, the, the main issue I see. And it's such a shame because when you feel broken, when you feel unworthy, when you feel like you're not meeting the standards, you, um, that blockage makes it harder for you to connect to your body with love and compassion and curiosity. And that love and compassion and curiosity is what makes it easier for you to drop into your senses and truly tap into that, all that pleasure that is actually right at our fingertips at all times. Oh, so much yes to what you're saying. <laughs> First of all, to the complete double standards that there seem to be still in mm. our society and how deeply ingrained it is, you know, for many of us that want to be the good girl and who were slut shamed at school or were even involved in slut shaming, you know, it's, yeah. it's difficult to reclaim your, your sexual sovereignty with that kind of um, messaging that you've embodied. If you don't, if you're not able to look at it, you ha we have to look at it. And I, and I think as well, like your message about, um, you know, the, the this this idea that we should just be fucking up for it all the time and just switch it on like that I mean we all know okay. most of us listening to this already know that that's not how we operate so I'm sure many of our listeners are just feeling this huge sigh of relief <laughs> like there's <laughs> nothing wrong with you for the fact that you know you aren't up for it in 0.6 seconds exactly exactly <laughs> and also it it, it um because i've um a, a book that i would strongly recommend to anyone is come as you are by emily nagowski and she she talks a lot about the different arousal patterns and how to find what works for you um and sometimes um especially when i hear people speaking in a in a platform where where there's also men present um it's like yeah you know men should just be a bit more patient and you know try to help her to get going almost like it is a bit of a shortcoming and we just need to be just need to be a bit more patient and then the woman will get there too when actually if you switch the mindset and just expand your sense of what sex is like when does the sex really start does the sex yes. start as soon as you do the penetration or does the sex start as soon as you walk into the restaurant for your date that night and you um, really feed that connection between the two of you? You become attentive to the energies that are going around in your body, you, the, 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 the teasing, the, the buildup. What, what makes uh, a penis and a vagina that that is sex? Is sex not um, consciously uh, experiencing pleasure together? Um, and that expanding of the idea of sex. And of course, maybe for some people going out to dinner will never be sex. That's fine. <laughs> um, but for me personally, um, just uh, switching that mindset and knowing that the, the, the being together, the physical contact in whichever degree it is at that point, that is also sex to me. And when you allow that thinking to sink in, it just, it, it makes for um, a so much bigger experience um and it opens you up to so much more pleasure and uh also takes away uh the chances of getting disappointed because sometimes it isn't always as good as uh it was that one time that dream moment that you fantasize about all over like it can't always be that but with that expanded sense of what it is and what pleasure is you can find the pleasure 
in the small moments. Um, and it takes a lot of the pressure off, uh, I find personally. Yeah, I, I really resonate with what you say. And something in, in my own relationship with Mauro is that um, we've had to redefine what sex is for us because before it was, you know, penetration. And of course, like right at the beginning of a relationship when there's all the hormones and it, you, of course, you just want them all the time because it's new, it's different. Yes. And of course, <laughs> you know, like um, a couple of years in, things started changing. And of course, it's like, oh, this is, this is an opportunity for us to really redefine what sex is. And, mm. and I've found in our relationship that by redefining it and widening it, like you say, it create, it's created so much more intimacy, so much yes. more intimacy. And we've also, for now anyway, done away with the idea of quickies. Like there's no such thing as a quickie in our relationship. Like we, that doesn't mean that we're not intimate with each other, but it's not this idea, this goal oriented, like, okay, we've, you know, yes. we've got a, got to fuck like rabbits for, you know, 10, 15 minutes and then be on with our day because, you know, let's face it, that doesn't give me a huge amount of pleasure mm. um, because you need that. Um, like for me personally, I need the, the builder, but I need like to breathe into my body. I need to move. I need to build up that pressure, uh, pleasure. And yeah, so we've, we've done away with quickies, which I think Mara was a bit like, oh, about. <laughs> <laughs> but, but now when you have a partner who is also not just when they're willing to look at their own, um, their own practices as well, he you know he said like I've never made love in the way that I do now and it's just because we created more boundaries I'm bringing up the subject of boundaries actually what are what are your what's your take on boundaries and sexuality um that's a good question it's a very important subject um and that was a beautiful story by the way I I love hearing that I think that communication uh between partners that is what in the end gets you to amazing uh, sex uh, but boundaries yeah um, boundaries are something I think a lot of women struggle with um, especially in the sexual sphere because of this idea that we have to be this always on always up for anything uh, superstar um, but actually boundaries are what will make sex better uh, boundaries with yourself and boundaries with others um, I've noticed myself that I um, can struggle. Um, how do I put this? I noticed a while back that I find it hard once I get started with someone, I feel like I'm no longer allowed to, to stop, even though I know that's not true. And that that is something I've worked on before. Um, and setting a boundary makes makes the safe space for you to surrender in and now that i'm thinking about it i have thought before about and people have spoken about the the yielding uh, aspects of for example bdsm sex um now i haven't that's not necessarily my um expertise at the moment but i do know um, BDSM has a bit of a bad rap sometimes because people think, oh yeah, it's just this sadomasochism and it's hurting people and it's embarrassing and it's, and it's not good and it's disempowering. But what people don't realize is that in order to um, 
uh, have truly fulfilling or, or good or yeah, nice <laughs> BDSM sex, a lot of trust comes into the picture and people that are fully in that lifestyle, um, they know that trust and communication are the most important things. And when you do that, when you have that trust and that communication beforehand, because you won't try something completely new without discussing it with the person that's going to experience it that day. What happens is that people beforehand already know exactly what is a hard no and what is a maybe and what is a full yes. And then they play within those bounds and it creates this sense of safety where you know that your partner is very attuned to what you do and do not want, and they will not do anything outside of it. And if you say no, or use a code word, what is it? Pineapple or red light, something like that. <laughs> I think pineapple is yeah. the best one. <laughs> as soon as you use the code word, you know that things are going to stop because it's supposed to be fun mm -hmm. for everyone. And I think a lot of people who uh, have maybe a bit more vanilla type sex or just anything that's not strictly BDSM, we can all learn from that because they have their boundaries down. And when you know that your boundaries will not get crossed, the sense of trust gets higher. And yes. we can also translate that to ourselves because we don't want someone else to cross our boundaries. But how can we know that we will be able to set boundaries with others if we regularly cross our own boundaries? Oh, um, <laughs> that is so, so good. Like being clear on what is, I mean, not just in the bedroom, but everywhere. Like what, yes. what is okay for us and what are we not available for? And I think mm. that one of the things like particularly when it came to sex for me is like recognizing when I was in my 20s and I would feel pain when I was having sex how many times I overrode that and just let mm. them carry on and now it's like it's just a non-negotiable like if I'm feeling any pain at all it's because my body's not ready yeah. And so it's, but what kind of message do we give ourselves when we override pain, yes. when we try and force ourselves into a situation that doesn't feel good because of shoulds? And it's not, it's, you know, that's like you said about the, our sexuality is a mirror, but guaranteed if we're doing that in the bedroom, we're doing that in so many other areas of our lives. Exactly. Exactly. And that for me has also been a, a, a personal journey. I, I came to a point uh, a couple of years ago where I realized my sex life and my love life, they are not, they're not working for me. I'm not getting what I want to. So what now? Like, how, how, how do I change it? It's kind of that eternal problem. You, you realize you become aware of a problem and now it's cool. Now you know that something is bothering you, but you don't know how to fix it. Um, and what I decided at the time is, okay, so I'm not being treated by... Uh, by my dates, by my romantic prospects. I'm not being treated the way I want to, but am I treating myself the way I would want to be treated? Mm -hmm. And that that's where it started. I started transforming my, my self-love routine. Um, and I decided, okay, if I were in bed with someone and I felt like he was rushing to get me to orgasm to kind of get it out of the way, I would not appreciate that. So why, why do I do that to myself? Why do I like yes. have a quick wank to just get off when I wouldn't want someone else to do that? So, okay, stop that. Stop chasing the orgasm. 
make a moment of myself, make a date night for myself, allow myself the time to get ready, allow my pussy the time to get ready. Um, Because like you said, a lot of this, a lot of the pain that comes into it is we rush our pussies into the experience. We go too fast with the penetration um, and actually allowing her to truly warm up. Like, I don't know. If you truly consciously get into the experience, you, you've set the mood, you've lit some candles, it's smelling nice, you feel good, you've got some good music on, you've done maybe some little self-massage, and then you get your, your well, either your partner's penis or your dildo, you get some lube on there, simply hold it against the opening of your pussy. If you give her enough time, she will start swallowing it up herself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you don't need to push or force anything. And that realization for me was pretty big. Um, and now that is that is the key. Uh, I want to let my body lead the way. Um, and then that's what's going to help you attract people who respect that because you have your boundaries in place. You know how you want to do things. What are my standards and nothing less. And then the people that come into your life, they well, they basically got no choice but to but to respect that. Um, so, yes, having these boundaries really starts with yourself. Mm, yeah, I love that. And it's so it's so, so true. It's like and doesn't it just extend to to everything, like letting our bodies lead the way, you know, yes. just like trying to force penetration if we're into that you know trying to force penetration because we think we should it's exactly the same with how many of us have been conditioned to operate in our businesses for example like we have to force you know actually my body's tired but I I, you know I need to do this and it's it's um oh what is it it creates trauma actually Mm. And, and it just like it just it just perpetuates the trauma cycle. And yeah, I love what you're saying. So if our listeners are, are listening and thinking, oh my gosh, this is really resonating with me. What are some key kind of tips or um, areas of focus that you would suggest for anyone that wants to reclaim their pleasure more Ooh, in their lives? Nice. Um... Oh yeah, the the first is the mindset shift is uh, trying to find what do I like and how can I do that for myself before expecting someone else to do that. Ooh, but also just yeah, become really present with your body. Um I know that a lot of us have become desensitized to a lot of the sensations of our body. You know what? I believe, I believe truly that a state of pure pleasure and ecstasy and bliss, I believe that that is our natural state of being. But, you know, because we live out in the world, we're exposed to stimuli all day, you do kind of lose some of that sensitivity because otherwise, I mean, it gets a bit distracting if you're feeling like you're having an orgasm all day, every day. Um I quite like that though, to be fair. <laughs> like that would be great. <laughs> I mean, I, I once had a, a oh, I was uh, doing some self work and I had done some sexual healing uh, exercises and they truly helped me also resensitize my body. And for the whole week after, I felt like in 
ecstasy, like everything. I remember going for a run and the run was good. But then as soon as I stopped, something about how the speeding down, my body just went into, oh my God, here I go. I couldn't concentrate on anything that week, but I was having a lot of fun. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I do believe that that is our natural state of being, but just being out there in the world, doing your thing, being human, the daily stresses of life, they they kind of fog up that gooey pleasure-filled center and they um, make us lose our sensitivity. So really being present with the body, being very mindful of all the sensations, that is something that is like the first step to transforming your sex life because it's much more than just finger on the clit and lots of lots of sensations and okay now teetering over the edge i have had an orgasm now it's done it can be um on the one hand much smaller but at the same time also much bigger so tuning into your body and all the sensations i think would be a great tip and that can be done by simply having a little bit of a mindfulness meditation each day um dropping in taking some deep breaths and then literally naming out loud each of the sensations that you're feeling from moment to moment. It sounds ridiculously simple, but that is that is the first step. And when you name those sensations out loud, it helps um, strengthen the left brain connections. Um, so yeah, I'm sure someone else could tell you more exactly about the neurological part of it, but, but by saying it out loud, it does strengthen connections and helps it, makes it easier for you in the future to then tune into those smaller sensations and yeah that that for me has been a very positive um development uh and that's the first step in really resensitizing yourself and becoming aware to uh becoming aware of all the pleasure that we actually have within reach at all times yes i love that i think the um for me like sensuality practices have been Mm. an absolute game changer for me and yeah this is reclaiming pleasure it's not just always about um yeah like the short let's just you know get off but it's really about it's really about um because remembering that our senses are our interface between us and life and so really it's about just being alive like and experiencing that more fully (laughs) And instead, we have the society that's telling us, like, life is lived in our goals or, or, you know, we will feel something when we achieve something. It's the same with orgasm. It's the same with, you know, business goals or whatever. And what a radical rebellion and a revolution to say, actually, I'm going to feel this now. I'm going to feel life now rather than feeling, waiting till Mm. some weird moment in the future, some arbitrary goal that we've created for ourselves so I love that and are there any kind of final words of wisdom that you would like to leave our listeners with anything that you wish you had heard many years ago that is a good one let me think hmm so one thing that I lacked I think growing up was um the sense that 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 confirmation that your intuition is usually right um I've I had I think since I first became sexually active I was 
um, like my first boyfriend said he was surprised by how high my libido was. I think in part that was also just the way women are supposed to be like meek and, and, and not super sexual and him not, um, not uh, having expected the reality. Um, but I, um, as I was growing up, oh, these two stories are actually not really connected, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, as I was growing up, one big thing for me was I was taught to um, not be a victim. Like if you feel like injustice is being done to you, like just don't point it out to everyone because you're just going to, nobody really wants to know, like just keep that to yourself and, and, and figure it out. But like, don't complain, like don't be a victim. Nobody likes a victim. That is a, a message that I got a lot growing up. Um, and actually that is uh, such a harmful message. We spoke about boundaries earlier um, and that message caused for me to not set boundaries because, well, I mean, nobody wants to, I'm probably just being dramatic and nobody wants to hear me be a victim. So I'll just not say anything at all. And that got me into some very um, negative traumatic experiences. And it, it took me quite a while to get to a stage where like, okay, wait, no, I can be, well, not be a victim as in feel like a victim of circumstance. But if I feel like something is up, I get to speak up. That is, the find your voice part within my ethos, basically, um, your intuition knows, you know when something is not not right. And that is in life and especially in the bedroom. And uh, for us to really start listening to that, like you already know what is good for you. You already know what is in alignment. It's a matter of listening to your own intuition and then speaking out. And I think that is the key to to yeah, to thriving, to keeping ourselves safe, to keeping ourselves happy, to live a pleasure-filled life. Mm, I love that. And it's so, so true. The amount of times that we're, we're gaslighted or we're told. I, there, was a really, there was a really good distinction that, um, that I made a few months ago that was there's a difference between being a victim in terms of, you know, like staying victimized but then there's also a difference of being a victim. So sometimes you are a victim of your circumstances and you do need to speak out of it. And then yes. other times we, we continue to stay in that victimized space and that creates disempowerment because yeah, I was, I was also given that, that message that you shouldn't speak out about things, you know, and it, and it, it makes you realize that makes you think that your voice doesn't matter or you question your reality. You question the way you see reality. Yeah. And also if we're not given the space to be, if we're not acknowledged of our mm -hmm. maybe victimhood in that moment, I think we end up staying in victimhood much longer. If you yes. are allowed to express this concern, set your boundary and then move on, then that's exactly what's going to happen. You will experience it. You will uh, acknowledge it and you will move on into empowerment. But if your experience is denied again and again, you will stay in that, 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 that victim position. And that's not good for anyone. Yeah, it's so true, but it's so ingrained in our society. Yes. Just, you know, any woman has to speak of her experiences of violation and yeah. the, the, the immediate go-to in general is not to believe her or to think that she is, you know, making a bigger deal out of it. And that is all kinds of messed up. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's not our fault. <laughs> it's no, not our it's fault. It's not our fault. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh. Mm. So I have absolutely loved this conversation. There is, <laughs> you are just this beacon of wisdom and openness um thank you and the way that you help your clients and your mission just really speaks to to my soul and yeah where can we where can we find you because you ha- you have a, a new podcast that's going to be coming out soon and you're on instagram yes. tell us where we can find you so um you can find me on instagram on liz.hunter.coaching um podcast to be launching soon most probably going to be named turning on um and you will find access to that through my uh, uh instagram page and um for anyone who feels this message really resonated i um have spots in my one-on-one coaching program right now venture into venus it's for women who want to do basically everything that we've discussed here it's all about reclaiming your pleasure and finding your voice and awakening that sexual goddess inside you um so yeah i'm hoping to uh, meet a lot of you and hear your stories because obviously this is what i like most of all to talk to people about sex and uh, have some good conversations <laughs> absolutely and um, i'll make sure that i Uh, link those in the show notes and yeah guys if this conversation really resonated with you definitely go and check out Liz and her Venture into Venus program is absolutely incredible. (laughs) Liz thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast Um, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you thank you for having me and it's always a joy. Thank you so much for tuning into the Rise Priestess podcast. If this episode spoke to you, you can contribute greatly by sharing it to your Instagram stories. Make sure that you also tag me at Dr. Sarah Coxon so that I can personally reach out and thank you. And if you're not already a member of my Instagram community, you can pop over there now and join us. I keep it very real over there, sharing behind the scenes of my life and business to inspire you to live life and do business your own way. You can also apply to be a guest on the show by emailing sarah at Dr. Sarah Coxon with the subject podcast guest. You can also head over to my website. The link is in the show notes to find out more about how I can help you step into your unique priestesshood to unlock deep contribution and potent prosperity. See you next time.